Good morning, everyone. This, this is the last talk of our monthly theme, Timeless Wisdom Evolutionary Vision. Big, big theme for the month of January. Starts off our year, 2021, in a really good and positive and powerful place. So we started this month's uh, uh, theme with the talk, Old Truths, and then we moved into New Thought and then playing the game of life. And really, all three of those talks had more to do with the first part of that theme, the timeless wisdom part. And then um, last week, we discussed changing and growing, which is more about the evolutionary vision. And then, so today, we're moving along in that, in that same vein with uh, today's talk, the long view. And that has to do with our evolutionary vision as well. So for me, this idea of the long view is about keeping our, keeping our eyes on the goal while simultaneously living fully in the present. How about that? <laughs> keeping your eyes on the future while you work toward it in the present. Now, that can seem like a contradiction in terms, I know. I mean, you're, you're probably thinking, what are you asking? You know, what are you, what are you asking of me? How do I stay focused in the present and the future at the same time? I am not a time traveler. <laughs> How do I bilocate? That's ridiculous. Can't be in two places at the same time. Well, that to me is what taking the long view is really all about. We must know where we want to be in the future in order to make those logical and constructive affirmations and use affirmative thought and use affirmative prayer that will get us there. Does that make sense? Of course it does. You know it does. We use our power where we have it, and we have it in the now right? To change and to alter and to construct the future for when we get there. Change your future when we change our minds. Aha, there's a little play on our tagline, right? Dr. Ernest Holmes always said, change your thinking, change your life. Well, we must change our thinking in the now in order to see it evolve, in order to see it uh, manifest in our future. We can alter the trajectory of our lives by changing our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings in the present. So it's sort of like, yeah, we do have one foot in, in each place. We are absolutely grounded in the now, grounded in the present, in order to change what is to come. Ernest Holmes said this, the ability to attain your goals, to control your experiences and have them result in happiness, prosperity, and success lies in your own mind and the way you use it. This means you control your experiences, you are really in charge of your affairs and the way that they are to develop. And this is what I'm referring to. This idea, um, when we talk about the long view, we're talking about changing our thoughts in the present, which affects our future. 
right? And now this is not about daydreaming, so don't, you know, don't throw that in. This is not about daydreaming or floating along on, well, someday this is going to happen, or somehow this is going to happen, or when this happens, I'll be whatever, whatever. It's not about daydreaming. It's about using the spiritual laws that we have at our disposal, right? Like the law of attraction, like the law of cause and effect, like the law of compensations, to affect change in our thinking, which then will outpicture as changes in our lives at some time along the timeline. When we conceive of a greater experience of life and we make that greater experience our own, right? We believe it, we embody it, we incorporate it in our life as if, in the present, it tends to outpicture as conditions in our lives when we get there in the future, right? Ernest Holmes said that, you know, himself about, about acting as if, about feeling it, knowing it, encouraging it, using our imagination to really feel the changes that we desire. And then it tends to outpicturing. In order to, in order to do this, we must change our thinking in the present, in the only place that we have any power. It's in the present moment, right? We must change our thinking in order to change our lives sometime down the road. Sounds familiar, right? That's our tagline. That's the tagline of the, of the science of mind and spirit. Change your thinking, change your life. That's what we do. We change, we grow. We evolve, we demonstrate a greater idea of happiness as we change our minds. Now, that doesn't mean our situations or our conditions instantly change. They may not. They may not change at all, but what happens is we change the way we think about them. And we do this over and over during the course of our lives. We change our thinking, we evolve, we see things differently. The things may not change. We have changed. You know, at one point, I mean, think about it, right? At one point, I believed in Santa Claus, right? And then we, and then we evolve and we change and we grow. I no longer believe in Santa Claus. And then we change and we grow some more. I realize a deeper meaning in the Santa Claus story. And then we continue to grow and we continue to change. And then, oh, I become Santa Claus, right? This is, this is really what happens. We grow, we change, we evolve our beliefs, our understandings. And as we change, we change our experience of life. In uh, What Religious Science Teaches, Ernest Holmes said this. He said, the ultimate goal of life does not mean we shall ever arrive at a spiritual destination where everything remains static and inactive. That to which our present understanding seems to be an ultimate goal will, when attained, be but the starting point for further evolution. We believe in an internal upward spiral of existence, right? We, we set our minds on something. We set our minds on a goal. We work toward the goal. We go for the goal. We do everything we can to achieve the goal. We get the goal. Then what happens? Well, there's something new on the horizon, then isn't there? There's something else. There's some greater expression of you that longs to be birthed 
through you. You know, where you are right now in your life today maybe seemed like a fantasy 10 years ago or 20 or 5. Where you are today may be what you longed for years ago. But now it's a reality. Well, you kept your eyes on the goal while living in the present, all the while imagining and affirming the future that you desired. And now you're living it. Now what? Right? Now what? There's something else. There's something else you can do. Affirming and imagining in the present affects your future. Well, what could possibly go wrong there? <laughs> right? You got to think about that because we have free will. So we can think whatever we want to think. Well, I'll tell you what can go haywire. Or actually, Joseph Cosman will tell you because he said this. Obstacles are what you see when you turn your eyes away from your goal. Let me say that again. Obstacles are what you see when you turn your eyes away from the goal. We tend to outpicture, like Ernest Holmes said, we tend to outpicture with monotonous regularity the thoughts we think on a regular basis. And so when we come to a teaching like this, when we come to a faith philosophy like New Thought, we understand that change our thinking, change our lives, but that changing our thinking thing can be pretty tricky and pretty challenging because we tend to go back to our habit beliefs, because we go back to our habit thoughts, because we tend to go with monotonous regularity to the thoughts we regularly think. We tend to on a regular basis, believe what we are in the habit of believing, whether or not it's true. We are forever outpicturing our most predominant thoughts about our lives. And in A New Design for Living, Ernest Holmes said this, he said, one of the most difficult things for anyone to realize is that he is always a success. So just breathe that in for a minute. He goes on to write, as contradictory as this might seem, it is nevertheless true. We are always being successful. We are always achieving the goal we have set up for ourselves in thought. Some people may win themselves terrific success at always being a failure in business. Others may succeed in experiencing ill health. Still others will absolutely succeed in being friendless. We always succeed. So our immediate problem is not with success, but what kind of success we are having. We are always outpicturing our most predominant thought. So what are you outpicturing? What are you outpicturing with monotonous regularity? <sighs> because they are results of the thoughts you are thinking now, the thoughts you are thinking today. And are you thinking thoughts of what you want, what you desire, what you love, what you long for, or are you thinking thoughts of fear? Right? If we are successful at failing at something, 
right, or being lonely or being sick, we have to change our thinking first. Before anything else can change, we know this is true, that everything begins in consciousness. So if we are going to change our lives, first we must change our thoughts. First we must change our beliefs. First we must feel that new truth, that new thought is true for us. As we change our mind now, the conditions will follow in the future. This is the mind training. This is the mind training of the science of mind and spirit. Now, mind only gets us so far, and that's why it was called mind and spirit, right? Because spirit takes us the rest of the way by grace. But we have to do the work up front. We have to change our minds first. We have trained minds or we have untrained minds, right? It's like, it's just like, I remember Jacob Glass used to talk about the puppy on the paper, right? When you're going to chain, when you're going to train, housebreak a puppy, what do you do? You put it on the paper, right? And that's what you do. You put it on the paper and the little puppy wanders away and pees on your rug. But you don't get mad at the puppy. It's not the puppy's fault. You just take it and you put the puppy back on the paper. That's what we do with our minds in order to train them. We bring the mind back to what we know is truth. This is a mind training. And we have trained minds or untrained minds. And, you know, we have tendencies to look at life. Some of us tend to futurize life. Some of us tend to look at the past and kind of linger in the past. Some of us stay absolutely focused in the present. Now, there's nothing wrong with either one of those, or actually nothing wrong with any of those three ways of looking at life. The thing is, if we get out of balance about it, it tends to hinder us. Because if we're always futurizing, if we're always thinking in the future, then we're good at making plans. Then we have no trouble discussing the future and where I hope to be and where I want to be and and meeting goals and things like that. But we can be missing out in the present moment, and we can feel a loss. Right? When we're living fully immersed in the present, sometimes we give up the goals too easily because it's not working out right here, right now. Right? We, we have a tendency not to, uh, uh, to try to postpone that, that idea of reaching a goal. So we're like, ah, it's not worth it. You know? we're, we're way more spontaneous in the future, I mean in the present, but we're maybe not prepared for the future. And then people that, are, that have a tendency to look only at the past Long for the way it was, right? The way it was, the way it's been. I want, I want what I want. I want to back out the good old days, right? The good old days. So there's nothing wrong with either or any of those ways of thinking. It is only when they get out of balance, when we're spending way too much time in one or the other or the other one, that we wind up you know, having, having problems changing our thinking, and changing our lives. Um, so, so what is it I want to say about that? The, um, and it's because, because we have not trained our minds, right? We just wander off. Hey, don't you do that when you try to meditate? Have you ever done that, meditating? Oh, you just have all the greatest intentions in the world, and you sit on your meditation cushion, then all of a sudden you're like someplace else. You're on your shopping list, or you're thinking about what somebody said and what it meant and what you should have said back, and all this kind of stuff, because our minds just wander off. Wander off into the past with regret, wander off into the future with worry, any place but the present moment. And the present moment is where our power resides. The, the ability 
to change our thinking and then change our lives sometime down the road is in the present moment. And, and uh, here is a, a, a quote by, I think it was Micah, Meka? Meka Steinborn. She said, she said this, she said, the untutored mind does not like to be alone by itself. And I think that's what we experienced, isn't it? That's what we experience in meditation. If we have that untutored mind, it does not like to be alone by itself. And so it winds up going off and thinking of all sorts of other things rather than doing the work right in front of us, which is planting those seeds. Because that's what the, the time spent in meditation, in affirmative prayer, in visioning, that's what we're doing. We are cultivating the field. We are fertilizing the, the soil. We are preparing for that new thought to take root and to change our future. Ernest Holmes in the Holmes Reader on Meaning said, too often we sit around dreaming of great things to come, big events that may transpire in the future, rather than seizing the opportunity that is always at hand to accomplish the things we are doing, whatever they may be. So this is the moving your feet part. And, you know, even sitting in meditation is part of the doing part because that's what you're doing. Even in the stillness, that's what you're doing. You are preparing the soil. You are fertilizing. You are watering. You are creating a receptive medium so that those thoughts that you're changing, those new thoughts that you're incorporating into yourself and, and believing and feeling and resonating in will have a receptive soil to grow, to bloom, to break the surface, to change your life at the appropriate time in the future. You know, um, one of the... One of the um, uh, experiments that they did with people in meditation when they, they were like, here, sit in this room, don't get out of this chair, don't do anything, but think. That's all you need to do is just sit there and think. And they took away all their, you know, their phones and everything like that. And the only thing that they could do was to give themselves an electrical shock. That was it. If they, if they just couldn't stand to sit there any longer, that was the only thing that they can do. And you know, people want to do something more than they just want to be something, right? Or just, it just exists. And they would rather experience unpleasantness than to just sit with themselves in their minds. And a good number of people actually shock themselves in that, ex in that experiment rather than sit there and just be with their own minds in the silence. Now, I find that rather shocking. Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but you know what I meant. You know, that's, that's really kind of bizarre, isn't it? That people would rather experience an uncomfortable feeling like shocking themselves rather than just sit in the silence. But see, that is the mind training. That's what we must do. To achieve what we want to achieve in the future, we must change our thinking in the present. And the idea is to bring into equilibrium, to bring into balance our thoughts, right? We have thoughts of the future. We have thoughts of the past. But to bring that all into the present moment, because that is the only moment that we have the power to change, to plant those seeds in order to grow something different for our future. What are you spending your mental currency on? That's the question. 
in the now, in the present moment, what are you placing your attention on? Your, because here's the deal. Whatever you're placing your attention on is your intention. Your attention is your intention. So if you're spending all your time and ain't it awful and, oh, you know, oh, this is never going to work out or I'm never going to become whatever, that becomes your intention because that's what you're focused on. If you tend to be future folk, right, you may be spending more of your time ahead of yourself and you're not in your power there, you know. If you tend to be a present-based person, you may not be affirming what you really desire because now you don't know if it's going to happen or not, right? Because you don't trust the future enough, maybe, or you doubt your ability to make those changes. We know that all of our power exists in the present moment, in the now. And if we're not in it, we're not making good use of it. If we are not consciously in the present moment, we're not making good use of the power that we have, the power that we are, the power that is flowing through us. So taking the long view means being fully present in the now. I know it sounds like a contradiction in terms, but it's what we must do. To have a long view is to plan for the future while fully occupying the present. Ernest Holmes, in Living the Science of Mind, said this. For every man, I would say human, person, right? You know, let's, let's say, for everyone is the cause of his own experience, whether he knows it or not. We are all carrying negative experiences of our past into our future, merely because we have not disconnected from them in our minds. If we are creating a negative future, it is because we have not changed our thought about it. And all of that work must be done right here, right now. That's what the long view is all about. Changing things, being fully present right here in the now, affirming a greater expression of ourselves and our lives and our achievements and our goals and our dreams and our desires and our aspirations. And they must be greater right now than ever before if we expect to attain them in the future. So we affirm now. We pray now. We visualize now as if, as if. If we want to change our future, we must change our thoughts today. And, you know, we can use whatever technique we want to, and there's a gazillion of them out there. I looked them all up this past week. There's oodles of ways to change your thinking. I mean, we, we recommend meditation right, and affirmative prayer, and visioning, and all sorts of things. But when our minds tend to wander off, like the puppy in the paper, right, to put the, to put the puppy back, there's all kinds of ways you can do it. There's all kinds of tools and techniques that we can use when we find that our minds have wandered off. Um, um, one of them is, oh, the, I love this one, the radio station. Have you ever done the radio station, right? You kind of, you're sitting maybe in meditation, and you start thinking about the future, or thinking thinking about the past or whatever, right? So start narrating your own thoughts. Oh, this is, you know, WRRY radio coming to you with all the bad news you could possibly think of. You're thinking of everything 
everything that can go wrong in your life, and here we are broadcasting it to you live in your own mind. <laughs> it's a good thing, right? Well, if you're on the West Coast, it wouldn't be a W, it would be a K. K-R-U-D radio, all the crappy news you could possibly think of. It's all coming to you live, streaming right into your brain. What happens is it interrupts that cycle. It interrupts the circuit of your wandering mind, and it brings you back to the present. You can, you can do the viewing from above technique. I love that one. I, always, I, I do that quite often in meditation. When I find myself wandering off, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at me, how cute that is. I just love it when I just wander off like that and I start spinning out of control. I am just altogether adorable. Love yourself right through it. Just love yourself right through it. Hey, I'm futurizing right now. Oh, I'm so adorable when I do that. Look at me going off again and not being in the present moment. Absolutely identify it. Treat yourself well. Love yourself through it. Ah, treat them like pop-ups on your computer. What do you do? Click. You click them out. You, you X them out. Oh, here comes a worry thought. Click. I just, I just delete them. Right? Oh, here comes a laundry list of things I need at Albertsons. Click. Just exit out, right? That's all we do. And that's what you can do with your thoughts as well. There are practical tools that we can use to keep ourselves grounded in the present moment. Because this moment right now, this moment right now, this moment right now, this moment right now, this is where your power is. And when we wander off, we can put ourselves right back into our power with our thoughts. Again, with our thoughts. Ernest Holmes said this in Words That Heal Today. It is only when we view life from the standpoint of an expanding soul destined forever to exist somewhere that we can make either sense or sanity out of the human experience. If we view life from the standpoint that each one of us is an evolving soul destined to live forever somewhere, we shall see that in the long run, life must return to us that which we reflect into it. Life must return to us that which we reflect into it. Life is what we make it. And we make it grand when we look at the long view and make the change in the present. Change your thinking, change your life. Change your thinking, change your future. There is a greater experience of life. You know it. You know it is calling you. You know it is within you longing to be birthed. You are that greater experience of life waiting, wanting to express itself through you and as you in the world. Make it welcome. Thank you.